0: We'll be continuing today series we've been doing in the Book of Romans and looking in particular at the, the topic of justification. And today, uh, looking at Romans chapter 5 and verses 1 to 5, would you please stand as we read from God's Word. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Lord, we thank you for that gift of the Holy Spirit who, who brings your word to, to our minds and our hearts, brings it alive, helps us to understand. And we pray for, for that gift of the Holy Spirit to be our teacher now. Thank you that we can come to you with peace because of what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Maybe sometime in your life you've had a, Boss, who just seemed unfair, just seemed to have expectations that weren't realistic, weren't weren't what they ought to be. In a way, young Martin Luther looked at God kind of like an unfair boss. He, he looked at God and just thought God was unfair. That God was putting these demands on him. He thought God demands that we keep the law, and Luther knew he had already failed in keeping the law. He just thought, God, you just aren't running a fair operation here. And he admitted that in his younger days, he he actually hated God because of the unfairness, the injustice of it all. And, And then he came to understand that justification is something that comes by faith. It's by depending on what God has done in Christ. It's not by works. And then he came to peace with God. Instead of looking at God as an unfair boss, he saw him as a God of love and a God of grace. We can come to God differently than going to an unfair boss where you don't know what you're going to get. Instead, we can peacefully come to the Lord. We can peacefully come to him. He speaks these verses about gaining access There's no more separation. We're at peace and so we can come because justification ends the conflict. Many are thinking, though, well, there's no conflict. Many think, well, there's really no problem. There's folks who ignore God, but they think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I'm moral. I'm better than a lot of people out there in society. So they think, well, God shouldn't have a problem with me and I don't have a problem with him. Well, God does have a problem with anyone who's not right with him. Anyone who's not trusting in Christ, God has a problem with them. Because God says we have sinned against his law. We have broken his, his commands and he is a holy, perfect, righteous God. And so anyone who not been saved, isn't right with God, there's a problem. There's a problem if you're not justified. If you're not justified, then there isn't peace. He says that in the verse, he says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Well, the opposite of that is true. If we haven't been justified through faith, we do not have peace with God. The person who's not justified through faith isn't at peace with God. Instead, they're, they're separated from God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, he says, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. He's saying we don't start out in a peaceful relationship with God. No, we start out objects of wrath. We start out separated, and we need to be brought to peace. As Ephesians 2 continues on, he says in verse 12, you are separate from from Christ, excluded. He says you are foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God. That's, That's where a person starts out. If a person hasn't... Got right with God, then he says they're excluded. They're without hope. They're without the promise. But as he continues on in Ephesians 2 and verse 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. He says you once were far away. And that applies to all of us. It's not just the ones he was writing to in, in Ephesus. But it's all of us. We once were far away. But when there's faith in Christ, then we're brought near. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you. Once we were alienated, once we were enemies, we may not have realized it. There's folks today who don't realize it, but God's looking at them as, as enemies because they're not trusting in Christ. But he says, he can reconcile you. He can bring us into a right relationship. We think of what's going on in Israel and Israel and Hamas war, and, and we look at that, and it's pretty tempting to look and say, peace is kind of an impossibility. That it's such a conflict that is so deep-rooted, we can look and say there's no way that you could bring a peace there. Well, we in our pride certainly don't want to think that we're as separated from God as Israel and Hamas are separated. And yet the reality is, peace between us and God is just as much of an impossibility as peace between Israel and Hamas. But God has done the work. God has made it possible so that there can be peace between us and God. Even though on our own, it's impossible. But with God, through Christ and the cross, it's possible. Because the door to God is opened. It says we have peace with God, and so now we've gained access. When the conflict's going on, then it means there's no access. There's no entering the kingdom. There's no coming before the throne of God. There's no peace, and so there's no coming near to God. No approaching Him. But in Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 19, he says, We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Because of Christ and his death on the cross, we can enter. We can peacefully enter. We can peacefully and confidently come before the holy God because our sin was dealt with at the cross. And so now we are no longer people who have to stay away. We are people who can draw near." The story of Moses going up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. The people are told that they need to stay away from the mountain and and the people are scared to get near the mountain. But Moses, he can draw near to God. That's a picture of the difference justification makes. When you're right with God, then you can draw near. If you're trusting in yourself, then you are scared and you stay away. But through Christ, we can approach with freedom and confidence. In Ephesians 3, verse 12, it says, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We are free to approach him because peace has been made at the cross. We confidently approach God because of what Christ has done for us. During the Cold War, the Berlin Wall and Brandenburg Gate, or something, especially you didn't approach from the east with confidence. Especially if you were just some some German on the east side who was wanting to try to escape to the west, you didn't go approaching with confidence. Instead, it was a fearful thing. Now it's a tourist attraction. This is uh, that checkpoint, and there's, as you can maybe see in the pictures, there's a McDonald's right there. You approach it in a whole different way now than you used to. With with the Lord, it's that way. The Lord, apart from Christ, you don't just approach confidently. But when you're trusting in Christ, when your faith is in him, then you can approach in a whole new way. You can approach with confidence. We can peacefully come. And we can peacefully stand in God's grace. We begin a relationship, we have access and we have peace when we're trusting in Christ. And we can stand, we can remain in that relationship when we trust in his grace. We continually trust in God's grace. The standing that he says we, we stand in grace, that speaks of an ongoing relationship. We begin by faith. We continue by faith. We keep trusting in God's grace. We don't trust in our works. We don't stand on our achievements. We don't stand on our abilities. The phrase is used sometimes, well, I stand on my record. Well, we don't stand on our record. We stand on grace. We stand on what Christ has done. And when we're standing in grace, then we know we can continue on. We continue on because God continues to be good. God continues to be gracious. God continues to love. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are with a a group of new believers. and, And as they leave them, it says they talked with him and urged him to continue in the grace of God. That's for us too. We continue in the grace of God. We continue on, not trusting in ourselves, but we continue on in the grace of God. Peter had a similar message to ones that he wrote to. He he said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 12, he says, I've written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. Stand in his grace. Peter and Paul, they don't tell these new believers, well, you're going to make it because I've given you a good list of do's and don'ts. And now follow the list and do all that stuff and don't do the bad stuff and you're going to be okay. No, they didn't tell them, well, you're going to make it because you got all the rituals that you need to follow and all the rules to keep. And so do all the rituals, do all the customs, and you'll be okay. No, he tells them, stand fast in the grace of God. And for us as well, we stand fast in the grace of God. We know that no matter how mature we get, no matter how hard we work, are standing still, our foundation is in the grace of God. There was a professor who would use some unique ways of teaching physics to students. And I read this article about this guy, and, and he would walk on hot coals. He'd, get, he'd have this college class, and he'd get some hot coals up front, and he'd walk across it. And then he told them about the secret of it. The secret was you get a little, you get kind of nervous about doing it, and then your feet sweat, and then you get water on the soles of your feet, and then that water is supposed to work as insulation so you're able to walk across it. I just read the article. I'm not putting it to the test to find out. But that was what he said. But he said there was a problem. He got so familiar with how it worked, and he got so comfortable doing it, he didn't sweat so much, And then he realized if you don't sweat, then you end up getting burnt. If you just kind of think, well, I can do it, I know how it works, then you get burnt. In In a similar way spiritually, if we start and a danger can come, we walk with the Lord for a while and we can start thinking, well, I can just kind of do this Christian life on my own. I can just kind of do it and I don't really need God, I don't really need to depend on grace, I know how it works and we start to try to walk through life just in our own ability, we're going to get burned. We need to, in a way, we continue to sweat when we're on our own. And we know that we need to continue to depend on the grace of God, that if we're going to walk through life and we're going to keep walking with the Lord, we need to keep depending on him. And we have peace that God will keep us. God will keep us close to him. God will keep us in his care. God will keep us in the family. Our our peace is not in ourselves. If that was the case, then we'd have to worry. Because we might say, well, I'm at peace with God today because I've been doing good, but maybe tomorrow, what happens if I fail? Will I still be at peace with God? No, we don't have to to worry and wonder, well tomorrow will I fall out of peace because I slip up. Our peace with God is based on what Christ did at the cross. Our peace with God isn't based on ourselves, but it's based on something that is unchanging. It's not based on circumstances, it's based on the unchanging truth that Christ died for our sins. He paid the price of the cross for us. He rose again from the dead. And because of those unchanging truths, we have peace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he writes to these people who have been messing up in all kinds of different ways. But he starts out the letter to them. He still says, I thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. He will keep you strong to the end. God is faithful. He knows they're going to get through, not because they're so good, because as we read the rest of the letter, we see they weren't so good. But he says, God has given you grace, and God will keep you strong. God is faithful. Our hope for ourselves, our hope for our kids, our hope for our grandkids is not in them. Our hope is in God is strong, and God can keep them faithful. God can help them to keep walking. And that's for ourselves as well. Our hope is not in our ability to keep walking and doing it right, our hope is God is strong. God can keep us faithful. In Jude, verse 24, he says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. God is able to keep you from falling. And God can keep your kids and grandkids from falling. If they keep holding on to him and if they keep depending on him and looking to him, God can keep them from falling, and God can keep us in his care. Our dependency, our hope is found in Christ. When I was in college, I, when I was in seminary, I mean, I was driving an old car. An old car that each day was kind of a little bit of a mystery, whether it was going to start that day and get me to school or not. Each day, it couldn't be all that sure. Is it going to keep on running today? I I remember a time when it got towed, had trouble, had to get towed to the garage, and I wondered, am I going to see that in running condition again or not? You didn't know for sure, is it going to get you to where you wanted to go? We have to humbly admit that our abilities are kind of like an old car. You don't know if it's going to get you where you want to go. And the reality is it's going to clunk out at some point or another. And some people, their abilities might get them a little farther than other people. But still, our abilities aren't going to get us to the end where we need to go. You can get a different vehicle that you're driving in. You can trust in the Lord. You can lean on him. You can trust in him to get you where you need to go. Don't depend on yourself to get you where you need to go. Trust in him. In Psalm 4, in verse 8, he says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We can be at peace because God can bring us through life. We lie down, we sleep in peace because God's making us dwell in safety. We enter into the relationship peacefully because of God's grace. We continue on, we keep on in peace because of grace And we can peacefully persevere with hope. We peacefully persevere with hope. We have peace with God. We stand in grace, even though we go through sufferings. And in the midst of sufferings, we have peace. He says to them that they, being justified, we have peace with with God. But then he talks about sufferings. And he doesn't say here and he doesn't say anywhere else in Scripture that, well, if you're at peace with God, then you won't have any trouble. No, he's saying here, yes, you could be at peace with God, but you still have some trials. And we don't get shocked by sufferings. We don't think that somehow God let me down, God sold me a wrong bill of goods or something. No, we know that sufferings still come, and yet we can have peace that God still has a plan, that God is still with us, that God has a purpose, and that God can help us to persevere through the sufferings. We don't worry that the sufferings are somehow a sign that the God really isn't that good. The sufferings aren't some kind of sign that God is punishing us, that God is mad with us. The sufferings are something that comes in life. Jesus, in The Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 27, shortly before he went to the cross, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace the world gives is based on circumstances. Trouble is, circumstances come and go. And circumstances often aren't real good. He gives a different kind of peace. A peace that isn't dependent on everything working out the way we want it to. Peace that doesn't depend on the circumstances being really good. No, he gives a peace that remains even when circumstances are tough. Even though our hearts face trouble, still he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. In John 16, Jesus declared. Right before he went to the cross, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He's given this honest declaration to us. In this world you have trouble. And that applies to all of us, no matter how good or moral you've been, no matter how many times you've come to church or not gone. He says, in this world you have trouble. That's each one of us. We have trouble. But, he says, we can still have peace. We can have peace because Christ has overcome the world, even though we live in a world where there's a lot of trouble. Still, we can have peace. In the Gospels, we read of the time Jesus went out on a boat with the disciples and a storm came up. And it says in Matthew 8, verse 24, Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples turned around, they see him sleeping, they're shy, they're wondering, how can you sleep through this? We're about to drown, and they're all all certain that this is the end of it. But Jesus was at peace. Even though the storm was raging, going, he was at peace. Jesus wants to give us that kind of peace. That kind of peace that's able to sleep even in the midst of the storm. Who do you resemble more today? you resemble the disciples who are looking around at the storm and they're they're petrified and they're scared and they're wondering, they're thinking this is the end of it all? Or, by God's grace, are you looking more like Jesus, sleeping even though the storm's going on? Jesus invites us to, to receive that kind of peace that he wants to give, that kind of peace that can be calm, even in the midst of the storm. God's Spirit enables us to persevere with hope. We glory in sufferings, as one translation says of this verse in Romans, we glory in sufferings because of the hope of glory. The peace of God gives us a hope that we're going to see the glory of God and that there's going to be an end to the suffering and until the suffering ends, we persevere. Persevere means you get through it. It means you keep holding on to Jesus, you keep trusting in him, you make it through, you overcome. God is able to help us to persevere, to endure. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, Let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The race can be long. The race can be tiring. But we can finish the race. We can persevere when our eyes are on Jesus, when it's not just always on the storms around us, but when we have our eyes on Jesus, we see how good he is. We see what he has done for us, how he has saved us, how he cares for us. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, then we can keep running the race. We can persevere to the end. He writes to Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. He says, Among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you were enduring. They faced trials, but they persevered. God can help us to, to persevere no matter how bad the trials might get, no matter what's going on. We can persevere by God's grace in His strength. In James chapter 1, in verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. The testing can do a work. As he says here, it develops perseverance. As he says in Romans, it develops character, it develops hope. And then as he goes on in James, he says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The trials can be a time when God causes growth to happen in our lives. The trials can also be an opportunity to show the world the hope and the peace that Jesus gives in the midst of the sufferings, in the midst of the hard times. We can make it through the trials because we don't go through the trials alone. When we're at peace with God, then he says he gives his spirit to be within us as he says here in Romans, that he has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. When we're at peace with God, then we aren't alone. But God's Spirit comes and he indwells us and he goes through life with us. He faces the trials right there with us. Talk about the Israel-Hamas war and, also the Ukraine, Russia war going on. And we think about those wars and we just hope that they'd stop sending missiles and they'd stop shooting. We would just hope for that. I don't think anybody's so wild to think that, well, maybe the the war will end and then maybe Israel's leader Netanyahu will will move in with one of the Hamas leaders and they'll end up sharing a place and they'll share a kibitz together. No, we don't imagine that happening. We don't, we don't imagine the leader of Ukraine sending a letter to Putin and saying, Hey, why don't you move into my place? No, we don't imagine that kind of thing happening. But in a way, it's even more wild what happens to us. God says to us, those who are separated from him, he says, put your faith in Christ and I'll move in. Put your faith in Christ and my Holy Spirit will come and dwell within and we'll go from being enemies to being ones who are going through life together. God wants to have that kind of peace with us. That kind of peace where we are friends and where his spirit is even living within us. That's grace. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for that peace that we can have, that we can go from being enemies to being friends to being ones where your spirit is dwelling within us. Thank you for that whole new relationship, that relationship of peace that we can have with you because of your grace.